0: welcome back to the Connected Packaging Summit. I'm Jenny Stanley, Founder and Managing Director at Appetite Creative. Yesterday, we learned about how to start with Connected Packaging, and we had Vita from TTE Strategy, how Tetra Pak and Grinder Packaging are using Connected Packaging to benefit their brands, and how to be more innovative in our daily lives. Plus, some great case studies thrown in throughout. All sessions will be recorded, so if you missed any of yesterday's, don't panic, they will be ready next week and you'll be able to view them on our YouTube channel. So now to today, welcome again. We are at day two of our two day summit and what a fantastic agenda there is planned for today. We have four different yet equally interesting sessions planned for you all centering around this hugely trending topic right now of sustainability. According to a recent study from April this year, shoppers demand sustainable retail and the vast majority of Generation Z shoppers prefer to buy sustainable brands. And shoppers in general are willing to spend up to 10% more on sustainable products. So why and how can companies get involved and what has connected or smart packaging got to do with it anyway? The next session is an interactive one. So please do feel free to ask your questions in the box below and we will get through them throughout the session. So let's get started. I would like to welcome to our virtual stage, Pete Durant, CSR and Sustainable Consultant and Public Speaker. And we will be talking about how to communicate your sustainable CSR messaging in an interactive way. Hi Pete, welcome to you. Welcome to our virtual stage.
1: Thank you, thank you very much. I'm trying to have the video so you can see me, but...
0: Uh, yes, in suspense. Might be,
1: yeah, <laughs> might be better if you don't.
0: <laughs> well, while you work that out, I will also want to ask you a quick question. Yesterday, we were asking all of our panellists to help us to get to know them a little better by revealing a fact that not many people know about you. Can you help us with something, a top secret that you can share?
1: Oh, God. Um no (laughs)
0: um
1: i'm trying to i'm trying to think um uh oh i was once on the mtv presenter search vj presenter search in 2004 uh and i was in a top 10 being voted to be the next one and i cruelly uh was not the one otherwise you'd probably would know about me
0: <laughs> so a small claim to fame. Thank you, Pete. <laughs> small,
1: small claim to fame. There you go. From from 17 odd years ago. Now,
0: yeah. luckily, you didn't make it because here you are with us today. So we're here to talk about innovative solutions, particularly connected packaging, um, and also how the increasing popularity of technology and tech initiatives have been influencing um, the world of sustainability. Um, is there anything that you've seen in particular recently um, that's caught your eye?
1: Um, I think for me, I think the thing that really has is, is caught my eye is has been the real growth and uh, kind of explosion of new brands that actually has sustainability or impact positive or uh, carbon neutral or clearing up plastic from the seas so on and so forth really at the heart of their business and actually that is the core thing that they offer and it's really truly integrated and been motivated and driven by those things and uh, rather than brands who who are, are kind of further down the line and I think that growth of really integrated messaging is has been really really interesting and almost not forcing, but be, be showing brands that there are different ways that you can kind of approach it. I think that, for me, from a you know just from a sort of technology standpoint, especially within fashion and, and places like that, has been yeah the real real growth of those businesses um, who who are really particular and been and been motivated and, and driven by those things. Probably, or, or obviously, also set up by a different generation who are. Who, who are actively uh, wanting to make a difference in that space and seeing business and doing good or being inspired by being positive on the planet, being a, uh, being a reason to start a business rather than the other way around.
0: Yeah, and I think there's so many new businesses now uh, coming out which are looking at upcycling, um, recycling, sustainability, um do you think that's been fueled by the by the pandemic as well? do you see a change because of that?
1: No, uh, I think it, it the pandemic is is um, it depends on how far and where you want to go down in down the sustainability route or the climate route or the uh, way we look after and treat animals and in terms of where potential diseases come from and things like that. but but I, I think that the climate change and may have a more sustainable lifestyle would have been on the same trajectory regardless of of the uh regardless of the uh pandemic i think that's a that's a separate kind of arc of story and, and the way that we're approaching it.
0: Wow. Fair enough, fair enough. As one of the best ways to avoid plastic and paper production and waste, um do you see technology being best friends uh to, to sustainability strategists? Um do you see that Way yeah
1: absolutely yeah i think i think that the one watch i would say to anyone who's a sustainability strategist or you're looking at your impact of your business and you're going to use any technology uh whether that is packaging or or, or likewise is you have to look at the kind of supply chain and you have to make sure that whatever that you're currently doing using technology can outweigh that so it's just a kind of watch out to say that you know you could be using recycled bamboo business cards just a separate really kind of random example and you say this is much better than paper and and, and kind of having that impact but then it could be being made by a factory that's really bad that you don't see and being delivered and ferried across the world and actually what is the product itself is really good the way it gets to you isn't so I think the, the one thing with technology is, is also, you know, how you power the servers and things like that. I think the idea of technology is about it's enabling a behavior. It's empowering someone in that situation to have a relationship with you or for you to pass your message on or whatever that might be. So the technology is also this is the irony of the packaging part is that it's invisible. And it's mixed in, and obviously, I don't packaging is invisible, but you don't. The technology is such an enabler of it. So, can it be a best friend? Yes. Is it in your group of friends? You know, your toolkit. Absolutely. Um, so, but you just got to make sure that the impact of that that uh, tech solution is 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 the is the watch out. But I think ultimately, I think when looking at particularly connected packaging. and looking at, you know, the, the increasing popularity of tech is that we all, if you're in marketing and comps, you're trying to tell your story. Right place, right time to the right person. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we're also challenged at selling products. And that sometimes is a completely different focus of messaging. Okay, if you're a business where it's completely integrated, uh, and so there's a fashion brand called Save Our Seas right or uh, you know that's that's really clear message that's integrated in what you're doing but if you haven't been on that journey and it's not kind of in the name of your business you might have to talk about fashion messaging or you might need to talk about product messaging in terms of the use or there's an offer and what I think technology really allows us and especially with connected patch- packaging and, and that's what sort of technology is it allows us to create smarter and better narrative hierarchies so that we can actually go through our audiences and understand what message should go where and technology then allows you to be more nuanced be smarter and hit you in, in different area kind of almost like a, a, a freedom that allows you to hit sweet spots to tell that story so if you take that fashion one as a kind of different another example those who have it front and center and it's integrated um you you might be able to say right we can use connected packaging people have already engaged with our story but actually if it's say are uh, something that you can scan on the jumper or whatever it might be that you've bought mm-hmm. that allows someone to become an advocate and that allows someone to be able to when they can't remember the link to a video to show their friends by scanning just the ticket or a label uh, within their their packaging so it allows you then to think about well that's Africa so I can really drive that side of things if they've come through a secondary and, and maybe not quite so engaged with the message thus there is another way for you to do it there's another platform for you to say if you are interested here it is all you've got to do is use your phone or do this I mean it's quite a crude example there but I'm just trying to say is that I think the the biggest thing that technology will allow us to do or does allow us to do is to look at those hierarchies of story that you're telling, understanding how you mix it. And it enables you then to say, well, I haven't quite done this or this or this. How can I use technology to enable me to do it? Yeah, no, I like what you say there about the
0: the the fashion so you you know the, the shirt that you're wearing or, or whatever could have a QR code on that and therefore you can very easily say to somebody um, yeah yeah I bought this one because X Y Z scan this code and find you know and, and find out more whatever so you're almost kind of turning then your consumers into your advocates um, who are then proud of what they've they've purchased and able then to share that to new audiences right
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> I mean if if you think about everyone who buys your product that's a marketer you've created for your brand um, so you know so it's thinking about how you can integrate that how you can use technology to allow them to then take your your message further and to, to be able to do that so and, and that's i mean there's, i know you're going to ask me a question later so i don't want to give it a give away my answer to this but it's it's if you think about it it's it's it, If you sell, if you if you're selling a physical product and within that packaging, whether that's a milk carton, a a t-shirt, whatever, um, you're essentially creating your own little media channel, Mm -hmm. and anything can then go into that media channel. So it could be anything. It could be further engagement. It could be you giving something for the kids to learn about sustainability. It could be this. It could be that. But what you essentially got, you've got something that you own and control, and you have a captive audience who probably will, if you're pointing towards it, do it at least once. And then obviously people might use it more in those situations. So it's actually yeah. an incredibly powerful platform that you are creating in the same way that if you send a package out, you might put an insert, right? But the difference is, is that if it's more integrated into the product or the packaging, things like that, people aren't automatically going to throw that away. And especially if you're in store, and you're buying this from a shop, and you're buying a milk carton, right? Crude example. That is going to be in your fridge for three days, five days, whatever. Um, I drink plant-based milk, so it's how there. many
0: copies you have?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, obviously it's, I'm plant-based, so it will last longer. But um, uh, but you know, that's there, that's there, that's always there as a, kind of as a set of media channel for you. So whereas if you do inserts, the I don't know about you, it's just personal experience. You might have a quick squeeze, but that's kind of out of the way, and you're really looking at wanting to get to the product itself. So, and you're not going to get rid of that out of the product for however long the lifespan is. So, I think there's a there's a really interesting mentality switch of my product itself potentially as a media channel for me, especially when you're trying to tell stories that you don't always necessarily want to lead with because of, as we said. You might be doing a sales message. You might be able to do a product message, not necessarily uh, a provenance message.
0: Mm, mm. And also you've got the ability to join both of those things because, of course, once you you open that gateway, you could actually have some sales messaging here, some sustainability messaging here, some videos about this particular thing, uh, a new uh, initiative coming in, you know. So actually you can kind of have multiple messaging then yeah, it's
1: it's whatever your it's whatever you want to use it for, basically, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and that's what you know. If you're just looking at the the CSR element, the good element, it does allow you uh, a great space to to kind of those people who haven't engaged with that kind of messaging to push that if that's what you choose to do. But essentially, you're right. It's your media channel. It's your it's your platform. You can use it for whatever.
0: Absolutely. Okay. well, I think for now, let's move to an interactive poll. Um, While we do that, Pete, you have the chance to quickly log off and log back on. See if we get your video running to everybody else. We've got the interactive poll. So the question is, knowing that people um, in a recent survey from April said that they would be willing to pay more. Here's a question to you. Have you ever purchased a product purely because of its values, regardless if it costed just that little bit more? So while you think about that, and hopefully Pete comes back to show us his face, we will have a look at how we're doing here. So interestingly, we're looking at a few times. Um, we've got some nevers. We haven't got all, all, we have got an always. We'll give it a quick five seconds countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. And we can see that we have a few times. So 82% of us actually would, depending, I suppose, on the messaging and the price increase, but certainly consider and purchase something purely because of its values, regardless of its cost. So again, that is very um, in line. With um, the recent survey, so really interesting there, Pete. I see we're not going to get to see your face, but what do you think of of that? Have you have you purchased something just because of uh, its its values rather than um, rather than the cost?
1: Absolutely, it says that it, you know uh, it just says the host has uh, not enabled my video or stopped my video, which must be because you you saw my face beforehand. So you oh, might okay. be doing you might be doing a brace. I think yes, a hundred percent, I do, but that's because I. My my wife and I we have particular values and, and things that that we uh, kind of live by. An example would be uh, who gives a crap uh, toilet paper. Um, yeah. We get the premium bamboo because we know that's much better for the planet. Plus a percentage of profits go to uh, creating toilets um, across developing countries. So so for me that that kind of really hey here I am there we go the i told you it was a massive disappointment uh, in waiting <laughs> um but yeah so so with who gives a crap we do that because uh, actually the product is incredible it does cost a little bit more um than you would do if, you, if you're buying a kind of regular paper one but not only does percentage of profits go to someone we also um uh, it's better for the planet because of the bamboo element of it. So, uh, and it looks really good and and the product is really good as well. And I think that's actually a really key point on that is that no matter what the message is around the sustainability or the products or anything like that, the most important thing is that the product is good that's why we buy products that's why we want them and we get them um so otherwise we'd all be wearing hemp sacks and uh, and that's and that's it so um uh so i think that that's always the thing to kind of remember um and that's 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 key really is that is your product any good
0: Mm. Mm, definitely i think
1: people will people will pay for great products
0: yeah, and then the, the cherry on the cake, no? Um, we've got a question in. We've got a question in. Um, it's a long one. So, Pete, more regarding CSR, a couple of years ago, a famous brand of baby whites launched a campaign in which they announced they would donate one euro to needed children for each share on social media. That created a huge controversy, with people saying that charity shouldn't depend on shares and social media engagement. What is your opinion regarding this type of campaign? And how should brands communicate these campaigns?
1: Um, yeah, it shouldn't. And I, I think that. So, when I worked at Comic Relief, we worked with a lot of partners who, um, who actually were really vetted incredibly end to end to ensure that they matched the values of the charity that they were supporting. Mm-hmm. And most of those businesses didn't use those tactics for precisely the reason for what the person shared there in the question, hmm. which is, it's not about just saying, we're gonna support this charity today and tomorrow we're not gonna care. Um, and I think this is a, like a route communicating your business and how you differentiate yourself and, and your intentions is that there's a lot of uh, you know, broad washing of good, and using measures like this that are very short-termist and very shallow. I think what's really important is the commitment that you're, as a business, you're going on and the transparency of that journey that you're going on. Because no one can just flip a switch and then suddenly everything is perfect. No. But it's about saying, we are committed to this. We are doing this. And actually taking people on a journey in order to do that, to say um, uh, we, we, we're going to do um, we're trying to achieve this goal. Two months down the line, this is where we've got to. This is where we've got to. We haven't quite done this yet. And being really open and transparent with people about the progress and about what you haven't hit and what you haven't done. Because I think people will really respect that because it's a very human approach to doing it rather than just we're just going to give a bit of cash to charity apart from that we don't really care because we're using a sweatshop right it's because the, but, but that that's kind of what people will i mean it's got again quite a crude blunt example but it's that sort of thing to say oh you're doing that but why don't you just give one percent of your profit away for a year rather than putting it around shares and likes it's it's kind of it's it's the wrong end of the communications it's almost like someone we need someone to talk about and share about how amazing we when the reality is, is it's probably not, and that's also not really why you should be using it, and doing it. That's not the right way to come to, it, to, to, to try and say we want to feel better about ourselves because it, it, that's where the human element it feels really uneasy and not right. It's about doing the work down the other end, making sure that you're really clear about what you're doing, and then being able to bubble it up. So you know, I think lots of the brands that we work with yeah you know, they didn't do that but they were doing profit shares they were doing pennies per pack they were doing match funding so you know actually if people raise it then we will come along and we will give five times that so you know and things like that which which are you know people do it because they want to sell more product that's us be really crude about it or they do it because they actually care and they want to push it but any time that you put your head above the parapet, you need to ensure that the back stuff is done. That you're really committed and you're taking people through that journey. And shares—that's that's really disingenuous. That's that's you know people will go, you're just doing it for yourselves rather than saying to us, we're doing this and we want to tell you about why we're doing it. We yeah. want to tell about why this is important to us and why we think it's important to you. and and all of that sort of stuff so it's it's kind of I think that's that's kind of the the comms bit is really important I think the other the other way of looking at it from a comms thing which is you know like greenwashing is a big problem yeah is is around a lot of time now your stories are not being told by you you know you aren't really in control of what you're saying and it's much more of a democratic world that we live in so it's also looking at not just doing the shares thing Again, why are you doing that? Why do you need shares? Like, what is it actually driving for your business goals? But actually saying, how do others carry our message? So it's not just that's got a load of influencers, but who customers, as we mentioned before, how are they carrying messaging? How are they telling their friends <coughs> about what they're doing? The press, your press campaign, how are the press talking about what you're doing? Yeah, yes, influencers and people that you, you think, shouldn't know about your messaging. do that so <clears throat> that messaging again will be far stronger than people just doing a share thing so i think it's yeah. it's it, it's about why you're doing it and being able if you're in a comms team and being given that kind of challenge to kind of just dial it back a bit and say actually what's a better way of doing this um
0: Yeah, that kind of feeds into the next question that that somebody sent in as well, which is how can companies avoid sounding too braggy when communicating their sustainability and CSL commitments? Um, They ask, is that a risk? I mean, obviously it's a risk, I'd say, no?
1: A hundred percent, but I think it comes back to what I said around the journey journey the transparency and the human thing is if you're doing it to be braggy, like who wants to be with that brand anyway? How many brands do you associate or buy products with because they've got a braggy brand? No one really. And really that just goes back to branding and how you tell your business story. So take, you know, take the, the worthy element out of it, or the good element mm-hmm. and, and you're, and you're saying to yourself, what type of brand are we, you know, mm-hmm. are, you know, in your brand values is the word braggy. in that? No, if the word is, you know, wow. you know and if you're looking at it as a human, probably not going to make friends with that that human you're not going to want to keep interacting so i think tone of voice is hugely important but it's also that's all i said it's about the human it's about the journey so it's not saying look at all the amazing stuff we're doing aren't we well aren't we great it's saying we're making a commitment to do this we're doing it because this is important this is why mm. come yeah. on a journey with us come and find out what we're doing rather than going. We're amazing. Look, we we saved twelve children last year. Aren't we great? Because actually, you can pick apart their their process. So it's rather so it's just that kind of flip of progression, commitment, being really human and not being perfect, uh, and taking people through that. Then the other thing as well is just really important when you're consing it is 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 simplifying it mm-hmm. and also using data at the same time, which which is kind of confusing which is where messaging hierarchies are so important because some people the reality is they just want to see a line they want one sentence and that's all they need that reaffirms what they want or know about your brand or want to know to make that purchase other people want to have a 12.12 12 page pdf are wanting to know every little bit about your production the wind turbine the battery you're using on that renewable energy you know they want that level of detail so i think it's being able to take it back and saying can we simplify it again messaging hierarchy what's our one line how do we then make it longer and longer so that people are enabled to go that further but if they only want a little bit at the top that's what they get and i think that that's kind of the the kind of key to it and it's making sure you're positioning it not as a bragging thing, but as a journey, a commitment, and why you care, because then it's not bragging because you're you're showing people the impact they're having and you're having.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So I I suppose it's about being genuine, making sure you honestly do care about what you're saying, Um, and then think about your tone of voice and the way that you're going to involve um, your your consumers in that and and interact with them. What's holding back? Obviously, there's probably a fear about being braggy, but what else do you think is holding back more companies um, looking at carbon neutral or other sustainable um, initiatives? I,
1: I think I think broadly there's four things. Um, the first is knowledge. I, yeah. I was speaking to an ex-colleague of mine and friend, and she had just done a big training around sustainable business. And she came out of it incredibly excited. She said something which was really, really stuck with me, she said it's like digital marketing was 15 years ago and, and that that was something new that was coming along that was you know now is just a part part of life and because of that we're still really at the starter stage so knowledge i think is is a really important thing and finding the right people to help people down that process because sustainability itself is such a broad term the solution in energy is going to be really different to the solution in fashion, to the solution in food, to the solution, and so on and so forth. So, actually, there's it's it's broad, but yet yeah, it's it's so specialist at the same time. Um, so, I think that that is a challenge. So, I think it's that knowledge of how you get started and. Uh, and doing that a bit and then kind of educating people to go along that kind of skill and I feel like you know even now if you look at social and digital people still get confused or, or people are not quite braced with it but I still think that that's on a journey just like this is the second part is around the size of the challenge and I think sometimes that can be overwhelming and it can drive people to an action I, I think that is a genuine problem with some people because also if you really look at it there are some businesses so if we look at say uh BAM Clothing, which is a, a company local to me here in Plymouth, which is actually an impact positive. So they're not just about neutral, they're not just about sustainability. They're about putting more in than they're taking out and having a positive impact on people and the planet. So when you look at that as a new as a business trying to make a change, it's quite overwhelming. So I think it's trying to help businesses really drill down and simplify it uh, to enable them to have goals to hit to move in the right direction. The third thing is, is speed and structures. If anyone who's worked in a big or a legacy organization, there's lots and lots of structures and processes. Um, so things will always take, be slower. So I think time and change and things like that are difficult, And especially if you're going to change to a new supplier. That could be a year long process to change your supply chain or could be a two-year, a three-year, or four-year. So, so I think time is, is a big challenge. And then it's, you know, do you have the, the, the energy and momentum to continue to make those changes to, to do that? I think also within those structures, a lot of good is focused into one or two people rather than it being across the business. And that goes back around to the knowledge and, and really empowering everyone and putting that as a part of it. And anyone who's done a brand reformat or change brand values and try and integrate that across a big organization. And that's just your branding, right? It's really difficult to then get people onto it. So I think so speed and structure, I think, is, is a challenge to people. But again, it links to the size of the challenge. It links to knowledge. And then the last thing is personal viewpoints. But people, right? As much as we think that everyone cares, not, not everyone does. And especially at the very top level. I've seen directors who really want to make a difference, but they've been given a budget that stops them from being able to make right decisions or green decisions or sustainable decisions. Um, and and I think a lot of businesses are because of the word business and necessarily, but there are people who want to make 10 million rather than being happy with eight million if they make that change, even if they're gonna make that difference down the line. Um, and, and it's just not a priority to them. Uh, so I think, so, so I still think there's a lot of, viewpoints at the very top perhaps who aren't engaging and that's the difference when I said about those amazing new businesses who are very small uh the difference of between their motivations and, and their 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 uh, value base and things like that so I think it's kind of those four things are kind of a perfect storm of interlinked issues uh, but but I think you know really it's knowledge and size of challenge of being able to break that down to make small steps because if you change half of what you do that's incredible
0: yeah no absolutely and perhaps breaking it into small pieces and not you know not trying to take on a whole rebrand or or revalue set in in one go so maybe trying to like break it down into small things first um, it's the
1: same if you look at other things as well if you're going to start to look at mental health or you're going to look at your diversity policy you're going to look at all other things you know broadly undervalued you know, it is not a switch exercise. It's not just you decide to do it and then you can change it. You have to have a process. You have to have a journey of it. It's just, so it's, it's, a, it's a similar mindset across everything to make it more achievable.
0: Well, thank you so much, Pete. We could talk forever. Um, certainly now that we've got your face, we could definitely talk for much longer on the subject, but sadly- Probably our not. Time Has gone out.
1: <laughs> thank you very much.
0: Thank you to you. Um, thanks to everybody and their great questions.